0: Um, UMGOBLUE.COM, by fans, for fans, since 1999. Hello, welcome to this edition of the um, UMGOBLUE.COM podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with...
1: Andy Anderson.
0: And we have some important topics to tackle tonight. First off, we're going to talk about the Jabril Peppers for Heisman campaign. We found out this week that Jabril has been invited to the Heisman ceremony. Well, Andy, what do you think about Jabril Peppers this season?
1: I think he's been very exciting to watch. He's been a great player for Michigan. I'm not sure that he was at the right position playing linebacker. I think maybe he would have excelled more at safety than he did at linebacker. I was disappointed in the usage they made of him in the last three games. They didn't do anything except uh, uh, him at the Pony or running directly to one side or the other. Yeah, I didn't think they had the package that I expected that they would have uh, for that big game against Ohio State. But that wasn't Bill's fault. He's been excellent. He's been wonderful. He's a punt and kick returner for excellence. He's the most exciting guy that I've seen at Michigan since Robinson. Uh, he can move it. And he's smart. He played, what, 18 positions? How do you beat that? And he's winning postseason accolades. But I don't think that, well, he will be in New York. I don't personally, I don't think he'll be able to win it because he didn't establish a huge and spectacular offensive presence against the biggest showcase that he had this year I thought he had to do something extraordinary against Ohio State in order to win it but at least he's nominated and he he, he, he uh, was simply the best player on Michigan State there isn't any question
0: well I will tell you I think that you made a, a critical point. I think that you know Coach Harbaugh definitely got Jabril um, on the national radar by you know you know gushing about him at press conferences, featuring him in games, putting him in an oppor- you know giving him the opportunity to really to really uh, you know establish himself. And I think that. Really, um, you know, he was better early. And you really, if you're going to pull off the Heisman as a defensive player, um, you really need to finish strong with some big signature plays, um, maybe an interception return for a touchdown or a big special teams play or, you know, for him to have busted out something big on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, you know, he had that, you know, he did have that, that really amazing uh, play at the end of the Michigan State game that, that really, you know, showed, you know, thanks to Michigan State screwing up that two point conversion, really, you know, right. you know, you really featured his speed. And, and again, you know, a big play against Ohio State might have been enough to, to push him over the top. Um, again the, the same way that Charles Woodson had done um, so it, it's hard because there's no doubt he's the best player on Michigan's team. I think that he got pressed into service you know, at linebacker because that's really where Michigan needed him. I agree with you, I'm not sure that was the best place for him. Um, you know you also had a, a situation where Um, It was easier for teams to double-team him when he was up on the line. It was easier for teams to to kind of neutralize him on on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I I will tell you, one of the things I think about this season is that um, when we look back, I think we would have squandered probably one of the best defenses um, in Michigan modern history. I think that it's hard to take this squad over the '97 squad because of Charles Woodson, who was incredible, who literally Correct. took away half the field every time he was he was in the backfield, uh, the defensive backfield. Um, but I will say this defense, I thought, had more depth than than that squad. So um, you know, it's it's definitely you know you know had a lot of strength, and, and a lot of it was because of Jabril you know, uh you know, blitzing out of the you know, into the backfield and, and breaking free sure. and putting pressure. But I, I really <coughs> I don't expect him uh you know, it's great that he was invited to the Heisman ceremony. Um I, I don't you know, it would be great if he were, you know, three or four, but I, I I I would be shocked if he were, you know, in the top three for the Heisman. I think that it was an honor to be invited. Um You definitely know that Harbaugh, you know, you know, propelled him there by talking about him and and, getting him attention. But I I really don't think that he finished strong when you consider, you know, Indiana, Iowa, Ohio State, Um, and it's unfortunate because again, he's he's a great player, definitely best player on this team. But I I don't think, you know, other than that, he's a Michigan guy, and I, I I would love to see him win the Heisman. I think objectively, I, I'm not sure that he would be my, you know. I, I'm, it It's hard to make a case for considering, you know, the way, his, the way he kind of tailed off at the end of the season.
1: In order to win it, he had to do something on the biggest stage and be with a winner. It makes a big difference. If your team is one of the top teams in the country and playing in the top games, which are the playoffs and the final game, if you can do something in you know, those, plus Ohio State is a big one too. But he, he didn't excel, uh, offensively so much against the better competition and that hurt him. One thing that I'm surprised at and I am disgusted by is the amount of vitriol that's headed his way all the time, uh, regarding his abilities and personalities. The kid has been a gem of a team player. He's been a, a, a great person. He's kept his nose clean. He's done what he's told and he learned more positions than most people that ever played the game can. I think it, what was it, 18 different positions he's been in. So, uh, a lot of people, especially the Michigan Staters, are, are cluttering up the, uh, uh spaces out there, communication spaces with stuff saying that he's no good, that he's a, a bomb, that that, that he, he was afraid of uh, getting hit and stuff like that, and that he made a lot of uh, mistakes, and one thing that they keep saying about him is that he didn't make interceptions. Well, when you're playing a linebacker, for the most part, you're playing linebacker, you're not in a position to intercept all the time. And he finally grabbed hold of one late in the season. That uh, helped a lot, gave his team a better chance to win. They didn't avail themselves of it. And there, then you said you came upon the real disappointment of the season. Is it such a sterling defense, one that you will not see? In the near future, again, is down the drain, not even getting to play in the league championship game, the East championship game, Big Ten championship game. That that's a that's a shame, but they did as uh, as, as uh, good a job as you could possibly do, considering the fact that in the later phases of ball games against better competition, the offense could not get them off the field, couldn't get a first down, couldn't run the ball at all, couldn't kill a clock. I see those mainly as failures of the offense, and it's offensive line in particular, to help out when, when, the, when the game is at stake. On the other hand, they didn't always get an interception where it was critical or, or they didn't get, over the years, over the season, many turnovers. And you wonder why. They didn't knock the ball out more than they did. Uh, they laid people on the ground, put the ball quite often, and went with them. Uh, so, but it's been wonderful to see that this year. It's been a good year. Notwithstanding the loss to Ohio State, which there were there were some iffy calls in that game, that's not the reason they lost. They lost, in my opinion, because two interceptions and a fumble in the red zone. All that combined, you can't take a team as resilient and experienced and well coached as Ohio State and beat them if you're making a lot of mistakes. They made a lot of mistakes, but. You also can't blame State for all of that either because the offensive line and the protecting back, but through that last intersection where the guy was supposed to, if from a defense, defensive uh, point of view, it was a left A gap that Smith was supposed to run into and, and cover that gap, close that gap. But the Ohio State player made a great play by initially running at the A-gap on the defensive left side and then going around into the clear lane that was on the right side of the, of the A-gap, on the right side A-gap. And uh, he went straight into State, and, and that throw ended up in an interception that was a Critical point in the season and a critical point in the game. Can't do that kind of stuff. So I think when they go against Florida, they're going to have to watch the edges and they're going to have to watch this beautiful back that they got, Florida State's got. What what's he got, over 1600 yards. I can't remember how many touchdowns, but he's going to be something and if he's got speed enough to go outside, it's, 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 they can run outside and turn the corner. If we can't protect the edge, you know, set the edges and so forth, It'll be a long day for this thing. But I, I think that they'll be able to hand the face, and I think it ought to be a very good game. Not betting, however, on who's going to win.
0: See, I, I keep going back to... Um, you know, and again, we're going to rehash the Ohio State game here. That the defense definitely played good enough to win. I mean, actually, the defense played you know stupendous at times. The, yes, it the, the offense definitely let them down. And yet, as bad as some of the calls may have been, um, the reality is is that I, I I disagree greatly with the way Harbaugh. Um, you know, called the fourth quarter in overtime. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think that they bled enough time off the clock on offense. Um, and I, I'll tell you, the, the thing that, that irks me to no end is let's just assume a couple of things. Let's assume, okay, first, okay, let's just assume that Coach Harbaugh is right that the officiating was horrible, okay? He's been complaining about the officiating all season. So it shouldn't come as a surprise that the officiating, you know, in another game was bad, okay? Um, You know, you go on the road in a hostile environment, you don't expect to get a lot of calls in that environment. But let's just say, okay, the officiating was bad, okay? Horrendously bad. Well, okay, so your job as a coach is to... Run as few plays as possible because the more plays you run the more opportunities for your referees to screw your players over and if you really think the refs aren't, aren't calling you know penalties for you you're really putting your players in harm's way so the fewer plays the better okay he had that big blow up midway through the game so again he, he already said his opinion on on that the officiating was bad right so why why not? Okay, run the clock down in the fourth quarter, and maybe Ohio State doesn't have enough time to to have that final drive to kick the field goal to tie the game. Okay, that's the first thing. The next thing is is so you're in overtime, you score the touchdown, your quarterback wants to go for two points to to end it, and you decide to kick the kick the ball. And I, I I'm just You know you're three yards away from a potential win, and you know a couple weeks ago Harbaugh said that Spade had such a good handle on the offense that he was actually consulting him on what plays to call, and then a few weeks before he had mentioned him as a potential Heisman Trophy candidate. Now I know Spade was hurt, okay, but again he couldn't throw the long ball. You are, uh, you know, you're at the three yard line for a two point conversion. You have the best tight end in the Big Ten two years running. Okay, we've heard whispers and and intonations about how they had special plays, which are real peppers, right? They had something special cooking for Ohio State. So, okay, so first of all, Spate can run whatever play you needed to run from three yards out. If he couldn't, you didn't need Spate. You have another quarterback, right? Shoot, right. Put, put Peppers at wideouts. Shoot, we heard that Jordan Lewis might play offense. Put them at two wideouts. You know, confound and confuse Ohio State. Throw it to Jake Butt. Do something. End the game and leave.
1: And it well, that was very... Very conservative
0: in their offensive play calls. And I will tell you, Andy, I agree, agree. and I'll tell you, so we hire Harbaugh because he's the quarterback whisperer, and at a critical juncture, he took the ball out of his quarterback's hand. And I can only imagine how Harbaugh would have reacted when he was a quarterback if that had been done to him. I, I think it was unconscionable. I think it was a mistake. I think he was outcoached by Urban Meyer in the fourth quarter and overtime. And then we we always you know we want to go back to that spot. You know, listen, you know, fourth and short. Urban Meyer went for it instead of he could have kicked, just just kicked the field goal and went to the third overtime. He went for it, and and I I just I sat there and I am confounded by. Harbaugh, who had told us at various times in the season he was never going to take his foot off the pedal, and we look at what happened in the second half against Michigan State, we look at the Iowa game, we look at the Indiana game, we look at the Ohio State game, and and they were not coached, they were not done the same way. Michigan um, stuttered in the second half of those games, and um, you know, the coach can complain about the officiating all he wants. It's just like, the, it's just like bad weather. You are, you were hired to deal with that situation. You're paid between seven and nine million dollars a year. Freaking figure it out. And I just, I'm really, I'm aghast that he's still complaining about the refereeing at this point. I, I think it's, I think it's wrong. And I don't want to hear about it, you know, again, uh, you know, now uh, talking back to this defense, um, you know, for me, we, you know, the the way we're going to judge Don Brown is after next year, because this defense was so talented and was so deep that you know, uh, coaches will tell you, great coaches are made by great players. Well, they had a lot of great players on defense, and it's going to be really interesting to see what happens on defense. Um, with, you know, Jamil Peppers is probably gone, Jordan Lewis is gone. You know, I mean, you can look at the players leaving. Um, so, so, on to uh, possibly a, a, a happier topic. Um, so, Michigan has made the Orange Bowl. Um, so, what are your thoughts? You mentioned how, how you think they're going to match up with Florida State. Uh, you know, I, I really think Michigan is going to be rested. And they're going to come out and be world beaters. They're going to be the team that, that that could have been a force in the college football playoffs. But, you know, it's just, it's you know, oranges are bitter fruit right now for me. You know, it would have been one thing if we had slid into the Rose Bowl. But, you know, we look at the Big Ten championship game. You know, Michigan just destroyed Penn State. They beat Wisconsin. And to see, you know, Penn State go on and win the Big Ten, considering the beating that we put on them. Um, you know, and, and, you know, as far as this whole postseason crap goes, you know, they told us over the years that, that the Big Ten needed a, a championship game, right, to really solidify itself for the postseason. Well, you have Penn State, which beat Ohio State, Won the Big Ten and is outside looking in at the college football playoffs. Um, you know, shoot it. And I mean, you know, you, you could make a case that Michigan has. I mean, Michigan has a case. I think that it was convenient for the committee that Penn State lost so bad to Michigan. I think that was an excuse for them. But again, so Ohio State slides in and they lost. To Penn State, and they didn't win their their conference. And, you know, and this comes back to why voting sucks. Okay, as much as I would have loved to have seen Michigan slide in, you know, I, I've been a proponent of this from the beginning. Okay, you know, I you need to take the voting out of it. You need to give. You know, you need to have six to eight teams. Um, you know, in the playoffs, maybe you have a play-in game for one of the last couple spots, but the Power Five need to get an automatic bid for their for their conference champion, and then fill out the other ones however the heck you want. But it sucks that Penn State won the conference and is sitting home. What else could Penn State have done? They beat Ohio State. They ended strong. Traditionally, what they tell you you have to do, and and they're sitting out. And again, I, I'm like. If I'm Penn State in Wisconsin, I look and say, "Why did I even bother playing that game? You know, why, why, why go to Indianapolis? Who the hell wants to go there? You know, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's kind of, uh, you know, again, it, it's voting, and voting sucks. There has to be a way. You know, at least I believe that if you're in a Power Five conference, you have to know exactly what you need to do to get into the playoffs. No if-ands or buts." You know,
1: there's no, no question of that, but, but it never ends. And basketball system works a little better because you have six four teams going in it in the first place. You can't have that in the, in the football, or at least they don't, won't even think of it. And that probably would, comes closer to, uh, uh, showing who is a real championship champion. But as far as Michigan's troubles, most of them started right in that Iowa game when they did not play well at Iowa and lost to a team that was not playing well and was severely under-talented as compared to them if they had won that one they would have been in the driver's seat even if they had lost to Ohio State they would have been a legitimate choice for going on so their trouble's were manufactured by them. as far as the penalties go, it boggles my mind that that Ohio State could be subject to such a heavy rush the whole game of all of the uh, um, uh, uh, regulation and still not draw any holding calls. I wonder about that. That doesn't seem quite right. And there are other things that I can understand why it seems iffy, but the reason Michigan lost was it made three errors in the face of a very good football team and you can't do that kind of stuff and win. And they made the errors because, in my mind, the offensive line did not measure up to its task consistently. Didn't measure up consistently to its task during the whole season. That was the weak link And in my mind, it remains a weak link. But you got to hand it to the kids. They tried hard, and they played hard, and they made no excuses, and they, for the most part, acted like gentlemen through all of the ordeal of the excessive publicity that happened to them early in the year, just on the basis of Harbaugh's uh, personality. Uh, they got through all that, and they've acquitted themselves well. I'm proud to be a Michigan Wolverine and associated with that football team in any way, shape, or form, because they're good guys, and they did a good job, and they tried hard, and they went to, what was it, three different coaches, or many systems at least, if not different coaches. And so... uh all in all, it's been a good year, but I think I'll have a very severe test in Florida. I don't think it's going to be as easy as it was against Florida State. Because this guy, the quarterback there is extremely mobile, even though he isn't a running quarterback usually. He can get himself out of the trouble. He can hurt him. And one they faced mobile quarterbacks this year, they suffered. The middle they went, outside they went, sometimes. If, if the defense had, a defense had an Achilles heel, it was setting the edge. And because of the blitzing sequences they use, sometimes the middle was open. And sometimes, you pointed out a couple times during the year, it was open one before the play. Just on the basis of the lineup, you could see it so. It's been an interesting year though, Phil. So you gotta admit it. And the price of tickets, uh, you can sell. If you're, if you have any, uh, tickets that you're selling, you can sell them for the face value of the, of the ticket this year. There's no, no problem with that. And there's gonna be a big demand for next year too. So you and I get in three. but if we got tickets down there in the stands, you kinda like to pass off to sure. them. And not having sit empty. That's a pretty big cost nowadays. Anyway, it's been a good year. I'm grateful to have seen it. Eight home games is plenty. Next year it will be six. That's gonna be less, uh, strain on me running Dad Arbor all the time, which I like. And two of the games, the good games, will be home Ohio State. Michigan State, so that'll be quite a good year next year. They're, they're, they're gonna, what are they miss nine people off, so they're gonna lose nine off the, off the defense? They'll come up with something. They'll have a reasonable defense, and maybe they'll have a heck of a lot better offensive line.
0: Well, we can only hope.
1: <laughs> we can only hope is right.
0: Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the umgoblue.com podcast. This is Phil Callian along with
1: Andy Anderson.
0: Go Blue. Thank you for listening to the umgoblue.com podcast. All rights reserved. Search for umgoblue.com on iTunes. Go Blue.